Ladies and gentlemen, this is a first. It's your buddy Gavin. On the phone with my buddy Dan Ruddle. I'm in Spain. He's in America. This is the first international filibuster freestyle all time. Dan, how are you, buddy? I'm great. I am uh, on live from Lincoln Highway in Amish country, somewhere in Lancaster County between Coatesville and Lancaster. So uh, it's a first for me, podcasting live from the road, but uh, hopefully it goes well. Yeah, I, I will. How are you in, uh, in Barcelona, my friend? We are fantastic. Uh, the crack research team is here. Chief Marketing Officer Kim Martino is in the house. Uh, I'm here. Uh, I'm not going to lie to you. Barcelona is awesome. Uh, we will do a full recap when we are, when we are back to filibuster freestyle team, the filibusterfreestyle.com uh, website. We'll have epic, hopefully, uh, epic in our minds at least, uh, coverage of this trip by the Filibuster Freestyle Crack Research team. Um, so Looking forward to it. The reason we're on tonight, and by the way, no theme song, because again, we, I am, I am uh, beyond international waters. I am literally in the European Union right now. Uh, you are literally an Amish country, which may or may not be its own sovereign state. Um, two days ago, the night of had episode four, and you and I are committed. You and I are committed to a weekly podcast on this show, and we are at a crossroads. And then I have not seen episode four yet, and you have. And so, being the true artists, and I use that term very loosely, that we are, we found a way to do a week four podcast without having to spoiler alert the show or have me completely talk from ignorance. And that is two things. One, I have come up with some questions for you, which you will. Give me the best answers to your ability without ruining the plot of the show. But before we do that, you rewatched this weekend episode one, which was a 90-minute episode. You figured out, I believe, at least one major clue, if not more, from the first episode during your rewatch. And what I want to do before any of that is I want to give the reason that you and I do Taxi Cab Fiasco, a.k.a. the Night Of recap show on the freestyle, is because we aim to be hard-hitting pundits. And I think you have a breakthrough of some kind, something worth sharing. So let's start with that. What's the major clue that you felt was revealed in your second watching, your second viewing of episode one? Well, to be clear, it actually took me a third watching. I watched it once on Friday night, and I fell asleep about midway through. And Dan, then I, I love your, I love your commitment. Night. I love your commitment. My dedication is, yeah. is, is unparalleled Dynamite. in this regard. Um, but... So the key part that I really wanted to key in on was the, the you know, the, the make-out session to keep it G-rated between Nas and uh, Andrea. Correct. And I, I knew, or I had at least uh, hypothesized, and it seems correctly so, that there might be some, some clues in there given, uh, given some hindsight. So there is one, I believe, groundbreaking piece. Actually, I think two groundbreaking pieces, and then a couple things that eh, may be something, may not be. Okay, so perfect. I'll start with the I'll start with the eh, maybe, maybe not uh, pieces. Number one is um, when, as we know, Nas and Andrea are making out, and then the scene cuts to Nas passed out in the kitchen on the kitchen table, laying down. Um, if you're listening to the audio carefully, yep. um, you know, and, and this is not extraordinarily loud on my TV. I, you know, I, I've got it at normal watching volume, and I don't have a home theater set up, so it's definitely audible. This may be something, this may not be something, but as he comes to, you hear background noise, you hear a car speeding off, and then what sounds like tires screeching. Really? Now, if you remember correctly, yes. 
if you remember correctly, the street that the house is on is not particularly... It, it, it's not like it's Seventh Avenue. No, it's, it's not busy. You know, it's, not the, it's not busy at all. Yeah. It's a cross street. You're correct about that. Yeah, so it seems a little bit odd that uh, someone might be driving at that kind of speed. At that time to, of day, yeah. Yeah, at that time of day to spin out their tires. Wow. Um, so, again, maybe something, maybe not. Um, you know what? I think there was only one maybe something, maybe not thing. Number two. Cutting to um, the the actual crime and specifically the murder weapon, you'll remember that Nas and Andrea were making out in that sort of like it like seems sort of like an opium den or something. Yeah, like a, rump, a, rump, a rumpus room to keep it family related, yeah. right? Yes, definitely on a different floor from where they eventually had Correct, the bedroom uh, was, uh, the, say. The red, say, let's say the bedroom was definitely up at least one floor, at least one floor. Yeah, at least one floor. So, one of the things that you'll notice as, after he's discovered that she's been brutally murdered and is laying in a pool of blood all over the, um, all over the bed, is that he's running around frantically trying to find his car keys, and then he runs by the, um, the, the the sort of den where they were making out, yes. and he grabs what is the knife that he used and when they were playing, like, the, the alien. Yeah, the five-finger five yeah. death dance, you know, with, with yes. uh, yeah, absolutely. With, um, um, yes. Not only Alien, but also from Jaws with Quint. He played that too, right? Right. So what what you can extrapolate from that that I think is big is that that knife stayed down that there. That ain't the murder weapon. Um, that ain't the murder weapon. That is, that is, however, what Box and the other police officers and all investigators, and I think the prosecutor, believe to be the, the murder weapon quite steadfastly. So, so how does it... Yeah, at the very least, it, you know, not to be flippant with real life here, but this could be a must-not-fit, must-acquit type moment where... You know, if the knife doesn't have the markings of the stab wounds, you know, and they can definitely check that, and I don't want to call it ballistics. It's not ballistics, clearly. But the bottom right. line is that may lend itself to a, I don't want to, you know, that's not the word. I'm pretty sure that they can figure out from, like, uh, the folks in the crime lab there that that ain't the murder weapon either, you know? Right, right. That's big, damn. Yeah. That's big, so, man. Jeez, Okay. Well, well, I hope you liked that. That was a little bit of a priming of the pump for, I think, the real monster revelation. And it goes back to that deer head that we've mentioned on previous oh, episodes. Oh, boy, remember? I'm excited okay. to hear that, Dan. Okay, so here's what you need to pay attention to. When Nas and Andrea are hot and heavy making out, leaving the little den and whatnot. Correct. It pans to them going up the stairs, and it pans to the deer head quite in focus. Yes. Um, and one of the things that you will notice about the deer head and the area around it is there is an Indiana Jones-style hat hanging right next to the deer head. Huh. Okay. So, that's not the big thing. The big thing is, as Nas is going upstairs after he wakes up from his cocaine and Lord knows what else that was that was in that pill, yep. stupor, he's going upstairs and it pans to the deer head once again, and guess what's not next to it? I would guess the Indiana Jones hat. The Indiana Jones hat is not there. 
Now, wowzers. Stranger things could happen. You know, there are editorial mishaps that are are prominent in in a lot of shows and films and whatnot. My take on this, however, Gavin, is that this deer head is featured so prominently it's in the opening credits every week, for God's sakes. That is not a mistake. That is not something that someone in props forgot to put back up there. My assumption is that that hat belonged to somebody, i.e., uh, you know, my, my, my crosshairs are landing straight on the head of the, the stepdad. The stepdad is, is just, if he ain't guilty, it's going to be amazing who is. Correct. Yeah. I keep saying ain't, by the way. I like that. I'm keeping it real. <laughs> yeah. you're, in the, you're in a foreign land. you gotta, you got to speak American. Speak American. Um, <laughs> yep. So the, the hat is gone. And it's not, you know, and and it's not like the kind of thing that they were panning to inconspicuously and it was blurred out. They specifically zoomed out of Andrea and Nas making out on the steps as they were going up onto the deer head. And you can very clearly see in plain sight the hat is right there. So they made for damn sure that people noticed that if they gave it a second look, which you did. Yep. If not a third look. Wow. Okay, so... If not a third look. Huge revelation. I love it. Okay, man. Anything else that you picked up watching the show, the first episode, a couple more times? Mm, you know what? I'm Something is tickling my mind as a fourth takeaway from it, but it, it's escaping me right now. It's okay. You're uh, I, I, guess, I guess just anecdotally, you saw how grisly that murder scene was. There's no blood on Nas aside from the on his hand when he, he cut his hand going back into the house. Correct. Now, I think if you're the prosecutors or if you're Box or if you're anybody responsible for investigating the crime, you could reasonably deduce, oh, well, he, he washed himself, himself up. up before he got in the car, but you see him frantically scrambling Right, but for, house, a, for a guy who was having some Gatorade hammered in the, in the kitchen or whatever he was drinking, uh, he did not, that we saw, do any scrub-a-dub-dub of his, own, of his own person. You're correct about that. No, it would not appear to be so. Correct. Wow, man. I love it. I love it. Okay. Listen, let's do this. And then, you know, you yep. and I are going to be back next week, and we're going to do recaps of episodes four and five. But okay. I'm going to try to ask some questions about episode four. And okay. you are, and you basically can essentially plead the Fifth Amendment slash, I don't want to ruin the episode four for you, Gavin. <laughs> Um, okay. on questions that I asked that might ruin the show for me, you know, it's at your discretion. Okay. Okay. Cool. I'll apologize in advance if I ruin anything. For you know you. what? Honestly, not to. to your point for watching the first episode two and a half times, it's okay. We're doing this for, we're doing this for show business. Not, it's not show friends. It's show business. You know what I mean? Yes. Um, yes. okay. Yes. First yes. question. I'm going to start with the softball. Okay. Fire away. So last week. We had a, a, a couple of our, t- of, our, of our tweets about our podcast liked by one of the women who's, who's a supporting actress on the show. Her name is Amara uh, Kavaran. Okay. She was in the Darjeeling Limited. She was in a couple different independent films. She plays, I believe, the, the young lawyer of, of what would be Indian descent. Chandra. Chandra. I don't have it in front of me. Yes. So she liked our tweets. We yes. asked her to be on the show. She has yet to say yes, but we love that she liked the show. Did anything major with her role happen this week in episode four? Let's just say that, that um, moving forward, it appears that she will be prominently featured. Good for her. Um, whether she ever Very comes on the show or not, whether she ever likes us again or not, 
That's awesome. I hope that she crushes it. I hope her character crushes it. Likewise. Okay. Now, you don't know this unless you follow at Gavin Viana on Twitter, which is the, the de facto Twitter handle of the show, my name. There's another actor. His name is Brian Burton. He appears to be a young, and just for sake of, I don't know that he's been introduced to the show yet or not, a young Caucasian male. He also liked one of our tweets about this show. Do you know who he is, first of all? I do not. Never heard of him, but um, without giving, this, this won't give anything away. Um, we do get introduced to a couple more Caucasian males, one of which there is a very pleasant surprise. It's, it's not a, but um, you, you'll be, it, it, let's just say it's a blast from our TGIF past as to who you, uh, who, who rears their head in this episode. And that's a white male. Not that it matters, yes. but just for, for sake yes, of not accuracy. the white male of whom you speak. But um, there, there is another one that uh, that we do come across. Is it is um, it is it somebody from Boy Meets World? I don't know. Okay. Anyway, I, I just know. wanted to get that in there. No, it's all good. I'm super excited. Um, all right. So anyway, I want to give props to Brian Burton for shouting us out too last week, and I think he may have been one of the dudes you were exposed to because it makes sense that he all of a sudden on Twitter was responding to night of tweets. Um, so again. Nice. Well, you know, thanks, we, want, we want Amar Kavaran on. We want Brian Burton on, and, and I hope that we find him. Okay, now let's ask questions about the characters versus real people who play the characters. Sure. We, okay. The last time you and I together talked about Nasir, his bed got set on fire in jail at Rikers Island. Mm-hmm. Is he better off or worse off than we saw him at the end of episode three? He is significantly worse off. Worse off. Can yes, you, and it's not and not by a small margin either. Baby Jesus, wow! So yeah. what you're telling me is, uh, to use the parlance of our time, things done popped off in week four. Things done popped off. Things done escalated quickly. Uh, things done got done to Nas that um, you know, not not the kind, definitely the kinds of things you hear about. Uh, you know, in the parlance of awful prison incidents, but not of the nature that you're probably thinking. Okay, um, so so uh, well, I'm going to leave it. I'm going to leave it at that. But so Nas is not in a better spot after week four. Oh no, 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 no. Okay, He's not I'm in a better spot. For those of you who might see the show notes eventually, uh, the answer is worse off. Triple exclamation points. Thank you, Dan. <laughs> yes, my pleasure. Okay, John Stone, aka the, the lawyer played by John Tortoro. Is he better or worse off than when we last left him in episode three? What went down with him that you can share? I will say that precinct crawling appears to be getting to him, and I think we might be seeing uh, a a bit of a genesis of the character, kind of seeing that this is his, as you put it, his... um, what was it? That was it. The F. Lee Bailey. Yeah, yeah. This, I think this is his uh, chance to be F. Lee Bailey to, to the Johnny Cochran Dream Team. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. I think that he's he's kind of turned a corner and is saying, uh, you know what? I've I I feel invested in this for reasons other than my you know typical oh. precinct oh. crawling. Other than shaking down a poor family for fifty grand, he feels pretty invested in this. Yeah. 
And no shock here, the eczema is still there. And one of the notes I took is, my God, I really hope that they just magically cure the eczema theme because I can't take the constant shots of his feet and the disgusting sound effect of him picking at it with the chopsticks. Dude, I, 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 I wonder if it, you know, and I'm projecting here immensely, if, if Nas is acquitted, does, does John Stone's eczema just magically go away? Is that, <laughs> yeah, his, I hope is that so. his payment? <laughs> Um, okay, good good analysis there without ruining the show. Did 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 um, Nas's father's taxi cab co-owners file suit against Nas? You can give me that one. I don't care if I know that. They one. were not they were not featured at all. Okay, so that did not happen. No, okay. no further developments. Cool, uh, cool, excellent. Okay, Dan, you're doing great. Okay, the lady oh, lawyer. Thanks. I believe her name is Allison Crow. Is she better or worse off than when we last left her? I know she was moving in on the case. Um, has she done anything good for Nas? It sounds like not so much in the prison sense. Um, what would you consider better off? Uh, has she ma- meaning like would, would? Let me let me ask you this: Do you mean better off by does the audience feel good about her involvement in the case, or do they feel bad about her involvement? Let's start with that. It sounds like you've got a good point to make there. Let's start with that. The audience feels bad about her involvement in the case. Ooh. How about that? Yeah. Jesus Christ, ball cologne. Yes. Uh-huh. And, and you feel as if, again, back to our, 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 our I'm going to call her friend of the show, Amara Kavaran. Um, you feel like that character, Chandra, Chandra is going to get much more involved. Yes, I do believe that it will be the case. Okay, per- cool. So so Allison Crowe didn't have a good week four in terms of being Nas's lawyer. Mm-mm, no, she did not. Man, I am. She, she she had a she had a tough week in, in the being Nas's lawyer category. Dude, sure. I am really pumped to see episode four. You're doing a great job. I, I just said that, but again, this is phenomenal stuff to be in, in, in you know in Barcelona, being like, oh, only if HBO Go worked internationally. Okay. Um, <laughs> yeah. Okay, I think you already gave a little bit of this away in your in your uh, recapping of episode one. But my question for you, number seven, was going to be. Without giving the plot away, you know, to, to your knowledge, who leads the killer of Andrea Cornish sweepstakes after episode four? It sounds like the stepdad, the dude from House of Cards, is in first place. But let me know if you've had any more on that. Of the dudes that we've met so far, it's definitely him. But I, it, I am thinking that it is very much, very much leaning towards a family member or a close uh, or. A okay friend, close family member, somebody she knows well. Dan, did anybody that we met this week fill the role of family member loose loose or tightly? Yes. Perfecto. Good to know. This is uh, this is like this is a bigger who done it than the than this friggin' show. Uh, <laughs> mm-hmm. I'm going to be, you know, Yes, there's a lot that you'll see in this episode that really start to kind of yeah, I had a feeling possibilities about the plot line. I had a feeling about this. Okay. This will be the week. That's okay. Okay. Any other topics or activity that you'd like to hit on that, like, I haven't asked you about that you think is noteworthy? Um, we begin to learn a little bit more about Andrea's past. Nice. Um, nice. I'm not going to spoil it, but um, let's just say some of it is not surprising. Um, oh, gosh. Anything else in particular? I think that's well. We we continue to see um, Freddie be magnanimous towards Nas. We do find 
out what the quid pro quo is. And um, at face value, if Nas doesn't take it, he's a fool. Okay. Uh, but I also think that dancing with Freddie is a bit of a risk because he seems to be the kind of guy that can exert his influence in places, not just in jail, but outside of jail. Mm-hmm. Um, to the point that... I, I won't go any further because I, that that'll that'll be giving. Well, too much I think to you, to your to your point, Freddie has, is connected to the Gills, correct? Oh yeah, yeah, very much so. Yeah. Okay. Good yeah. to know. All right. Last question that I have of the stuff that you can't tell me, and thank you for not telling me um, yes. from episode four. Just in general, relative to the other three shows that I have seen, how awesome is episode four? It, I mean, or not awesome. Or it's not, or it's not, not awesome. that. It's it's not Battle of the Bastards or Red Wedding, but it's certainly um, it's certainly doing a nice job of growing the storyline. You know, creating uh, some some more. You know, you know the, the the maturity of some character arcs. I think are really doing a nice job in this episode. Um, so yeah, I, I I'd rate it a solid seven eight. Um, just because, I mean, yeah, I think we've got some good stuff coming down the road where it's going to be significantly more than that, um, and we're going to start to learn a lot more. There's going to be a lot of bombshells dropped. You know, there there aren't really any bombshells dropped, but we certainly get we certainly get uh, a, a a closer look into the inner workings of Andrea's world, and therefore, I believe that will lead to who the real killer of Andrea is, which I. Nothing's impossible at this point. I can't. I can say, but I am ninety nine point five percent sure that it is not Nas. Wow. Okay. Good. That's that's huge. I mean, those are nice stakes to have four four weeks in. Awesome. Yeah. Dan, anything else we're missing here? Um, I am stopped at a traffic light, so let me see if I've, I can look over my notes here. <laughs> it's fantastic timing. Uh, <laughs> By the way, ladies and gentlemen. Taking the, taking the call from the road, Dan Rattle, getting it done, man. That's amazing. <laughs> uh, nothing, nothing I can say that won't give anything away. Okay, perfect. A lot of expletives All right, well, let's on, do, my, uh, let's, on my commentary. Perfect. Well, let's, um, oh, oh, go one, ahead. one thing. Um, uh, Nas has a new bunk mate. Oh, boy. Uh, it's, it's not the guy with the tear and the knife tattoo, but he has a new bunkmate, and he plays a relevant role in this episode. Is Nas in a real cell now, or is he still in the middle? Nope. Of the... Okay. Nope. He's still in the same spot. Wow. Good to know. Slumming okay. on the killing floor. Man, that's that's tough place to be. Tough place to be. Yeah. Okay. Speaking of tough places to be, and we, we alluded to this in the pre-show, uh, the Rio Olympics have started, and for those doing water sports, apparently that bay of theirs is... Not healthy and not ecologically ecologically <laughs> friendly. Are you aside from that? Are you pumped for the Olympics? Uh, I so want to be, and I, I'll leave it to Dan O'Brien, friend of the podcast and uh, Wine Wall and Dragons pundit Dan O'Brien, uh, to be really juiced about the Olympics. Homeboy I loves just, the Olympics, dude. I can still remember you and me and Larry and Dan watching like uh, curling in 2010. <laughs> At Larry's yeah, house, and, and then getting cranked afterwards, and that would be with alcohol for all those yeah. who are haters. And Dan and, loves and, himself some Olympics. 
and you, me, and Larry watching curling for the novelty of it, but Dan actually bringing hard-hitting critical correct, analysis. Correct. Correct. Dan to being the like, you know, this guy's got a really strong backhand as a shoveler, you know, like a sweeper. <laughs> He's a really good sweeper. Anyway. Yeah. All right, man. That's hilarious. Let's let's check. Well, we're going to check in next week. We're going to do episodes four and five, probably midweek next week. For those of you listening. Okay. Uh, Dan, I'll let you go. I know you're in the car. Really awesome to hear from you overseas. You were, you were setting records from Amish country, which is fantastic. Um, yes, sir. Thank you for the analysis. I'll get it up soon. To everybody else, the pictures are coming, and uh, we hope that you're enjoying the Taxi Cab Fiasco edition of Filmbuster Freestyle chronicling the night of. Dan, have a good night or good day. I guess it's still daytime over there, uh, and I'll talk to you soon, buddy. Yeah, man. Via con Dios. Have fun there. Muchas gracias, senor. See you later, buddy. All right, bud. Safe travels. Bye. Bye.